Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, the final show before the Cardinals play the Lions at State Farm Stadium on Sunday, the injury report. What's the status of Christian Kirk? We've got MJ's three keys to victory, and Devon Kennard, three games into his Cardinals career, faces his former team, and that's a storyline that pops up quite a bit this season. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 319, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grigalou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Well, yes, it is a Fitz Friday. I'm sorry, a hashtag Fitz Friday, hashtag football Friday. And you brought it up at the start of this regular season. Now that we're going five days a week here on Cardinals Cover 2, we talk about what Larry says on Thursday. We don't wait until Friday, but we'll, st- we'll still keep the hashtags going for the Bird Gang. Yeah, I mean, personally for me, uh, you know, when we're talking football Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, preparing for Sunday, it, football's every day for us. Well, and then on Saturday, you got college football. Yeah, not covering it, but watching it, you know, being a fan. So, yeah, but we can come out and say it, it's, a, it's a football Monday, a football <laughs> Tuesday. I mean, just because the game's not going on. Well, let's hope we've got five days a week and seven days a week all the way through January, knock on wood, maybe even into uh, end of February. Well, we'll see what happens. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. I know a lot of people are already counting as a 5-0 and start, but first things first, got to get past the Detroit Lions this Sunday. Yeah, I'm surprised you started mentioning December and well, January and February football. Wow. You're, you're usually kind of – I know we can always – listen, our, our job is – is to look ahead, speculate, uh, and the fans. Uh, obviously, the team's not doing that, but kind of surprised me there, Craig, that you're talking about deep into January and possibly February. Unless I find out directly or indirectly from the general manager, the head coach, or any of the team captains that they are avid listeners to Cardinals Cover 2 and they do not like what we are saying as far as looking ahead, then I'll stop. Until I get a, a text or a call from Larry yeah. Fitzgerald, heck, we can't even get him on this podcast, MJ. Know. You know, hey, um, before he retires, I can promise you we're going to get him on. <laughs> and then once he retires, we're going to have him on once a week because he'll have still this free time. And, hey, Fitz, you know, what are you doing today? What what'd you do this week? And, you know, he'll love it. Yeah, right. Um, I'll, I'll be texting him when he retires, and he'll tell you I'm in, I'm in Italy right now. and. You know, no, no disrespect, Mike. I'll ch- talk to you in a few months. Yeah, dare to dream here on Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. Dreaming is free. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Before we get into your three keys to victory, we do need to update the Bird Gang on the injury report and specifically wide receiver Christian Kirk. He showed up on the injury report on Wednesday with a groin injury. Did not practice Wednesday. Did not practice Thursday. Did not practice Friday, and officially ruled out. It's unfortunate for him because there were all kinds of expectations on him this third season. But with him not playing, that certainly sounds like next man up, Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson, and maybe Trent Sherfield with some opportunity to play a little bit more offense 
He was on the field for a couple of snaps late in that game last week because Kirk was on the sidelines trying to work through the tightness, as according to uh, Kingsbury. You know, for Christian Kirk, you know, during locker cleanout uh, last year, he told us he was playing through some injuries, and in particular, probably the lower extremities. Um, he's missed seven games going into the season. Uh, the team really uh, benefited from him, you know, obviously seeing out a few games. Not that that was the plan, but they also incorporated 11 and 12 personnel. So, you know, I'm sure it's frustrating for him because eventually he's going to approach a contract here. And availability and durability are huge in this. Um, but again, I can't tell you how hard he worked in the off season, like they all did. Uh, not that everyone was posting on social media. I just know from talking to people how hard. And one of the reasons why he wanted to get more toned, uh, whether it was running in the sand in, in uh, California, was because he wanted to withstand some injuries. And, you know, when you talk about a growing injury, a hamstring injury, um, a high ankle sprain, those things can linger. And, you know, according to Kingsbury, it's going to be week to week. Um, Cardinals don't have a bye week for a while. They haven't put him on the uh, IR to return, meaning possibly missing three weeks. Now, earlier in the week, just based on we heard Keyshawn Johnson, you know, the way he performed um, in training camp and the way he's looked in practice. Now, unfortunately, he missed the time for the, the COVID thing. But I was thinking early in the week, it's possible the Cardinals could dress six wide receivers, you know, and we know now with Kirk obviously listed as out, um, I do think Andy Isabella will be your third wide receiver, and he can play in the slot even though they want to keep him on the outside. And then, you know, Keyshawn Johnson, a good route runner, needs to come back for the ball, focus, get off press coverage. And then, as you mentioned, Trent Shearfield, it just been, seems like he's been regulated to special teams. But if these, this, you know, again, Larry, because Kirk was playing a good majority of the, of the time, so somebody has to take those reps, whether they run the ball or throw the ball. So, yeah, this opens the door for Isabella and um, I would say Johnson, and you know, hopefully for Shearfield, because I know, you know, he doesn't want to be pigeonholed as just a special teams player. Now that's keeping him in the NFL, but. If you're going to go four wide, I, I have no issue with him being out there. You brought up Isabella as a slot receiver. I could certainly see him playing both inside and outside. But if you move Larry Fitzgerald inside, and then we saw there was at least one time that I know that it was DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald lined up right next to each other. And that certainly, I mean, if you just take a snapshot of that and you talk about all-time great wide receivers, but that certainly complicates things, certainly for a Lions defense that has a very young secondary in Jeff Okuda, that cornerback. This will only be his second game played. And now all of a sudden, is he matched up against a legend, if you will, in Larry Fitzgerald? That would be interesting. Yeah, um, you know, that's going to be one of my keys. And they're, they've been decimated in the, uh, with injuries. Uh, Okuda, he got picked on. You know, kind of like Isaiah Simmons did in his first game. He's going against Aaron Rodgers. He was trying to cover Devontae Adams. Uh, that That's a lethal combination. I mean, you, you could say one of the best in football, even though I think the best new combo is Kyler Murray and Hopkins. But, you know, they got guys on IR. Um, they got guys missing practice time. You know, but obviously it all starts up front. But I do think that's a way you can attack that secondary night. You can't be in third and long you got to be in manageable downs. We know the Cardinals, you know, and the league is ha has a tendency to throw on first and second. Um, 
and, and we'll get into Kenny and Drake because, you know, he did talk about his numbers and, you know, he, but he also talked about, you know, getting in rhythm. So uh, it'll be interesting. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. you know, when you want to spread those guys out, this may, may be a, a – I wouldn't say a huge advantage, but clearly an advantage going into the game. Two other injury items for those that might have missed it earlier on Friday. General Manager Steve Keim on with Doug and Wolf on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. He was asked about Max Williams, and according to Keim, Williams is not expected back until the middle of the season. Is that week seven, week eight, week nine? We know he's on injured reserve. He'll have to miss at least three games, but it certainly sounds like it's going to be much longer than that. Although Kime was very complimentary of Darrell Daniels as far as that blocking. Now you've got Dan Arnold, who is adept at catching the ball. Some way you can combine the two of them. That's what you have in a Max Williams, and that's what the Cardinals are missing without him on the field. Well, that tells me that they don't have to change their their uh, personnel. If they still want to go two tight ends, uh, you know, Max Williams is the meat and potatoes guy, I, th- I think. Uh, Daniels knows his role. He plays on teams. He's active on game day. And then we'll see if they dress Thomas uh, as a third uh, tight end just for injury. But they don't have to change what their identity is going to 11 and 12 personnel. You know, so 12 personnel would be two tight, 11 would be one. Clearly, Dan Ira is the, uh, you know, he's kind of the X factor because I think Kyler's missed him a few times uh, within the last couple of weeks. And flat out, he can catch the football. And so he's going to be a matchup issue. Really hasn't had that breakout game yet. You know, he's flashed last year late in the year with X amount of catches and a couple of touchdowns and average per catch is pretty good. So uh, that's, that's good to know that Steve said that because, you know, if you were relying on Dan Arnold to block and Daniels, let's say he wasn't up to par, as Steve pointed out, then it kind of has to change your play calling a little bit, but they're not going to change your play calling. Uh, and when Max gets back, he's only going to help this offense. The other injury note before we get to MJ's three keys to victory, this concerns the Lions and wide receiver Kenny Galladay, if you're going to go in-depth on him later in your keys to victory. But as far as how he is, he's going to give it a go. He told reporters in Detroit, quote, definitely feeling a lot better. Wouldn't say it's 100%. I really wouldn't even put a percentage on it. I just know I'm not 100%. I'm going to do everything I can, and hopefully I showed enough that I can be out there. It's a hamstring injury, MJ, that has kept him off the field the first two weeks of the regular season. That's a big part of what the Lions do, but it is something that the Cardinals are aware of. Yes, he changes what they do offensively. He's a nice weapon, maybe the weapon for Matthew Stafford, but he certainly might not see him a lot come Sunday. Well, and just from an outsider's perspective, you got to wonder, you know, usually Detroit's a three-and-a-half, four-hour flight. Does he get any swelling in there, inflammation? And then uh, that, that's one of those deals where I think, you know, we get to you get to the statement earlier than I do, but you're going to see him go out there and work out, and you'll see the head coach, and you'll see the trainer. And, you know, at some point, though, he's going to have to give it a go. Like, instead of going 10 miles an hour, he's going to have to try to go 15 to 20. Now, the Cardinals are aware of this. Uh, I think everyone's looking for Patrick Peterson on Kenny Galladay. Um, based on him only probably, you know, advanced speculated, you know, limited snaps. Um, maybe that's 20-25, depending on how the offensive plays. But the Cardinals feel like, you know, if if they could play a shell defense, meaning they're not going to play man, 
Uh, he won't be on him the whole time. But Marvin Jones is a guy that can take the top off the defense. Uh, Danny Amendola, uh, a very savvy slot receiver. Um, TJ Hawkinson, I mean, he, he really showed up in week one, was injured throughout the season, didn't play as well as he did in the Cardinals game. So, you know, those are factors um, when you start looking at, you know, uh, their offense. And and then, you know, obviously Matthew Stafford. I mean, he's a quality quarterback. And, uh, you know, he's when healthy, he's very productive, and he can sling it. And, you know, there's a reason why he was the first overall pick. All Peterson would say about the plan for Galladay is, quote, we have a plan in place, <laughs> unquote. I'm you have a thinking. plan until you get, uh, you know, punched in the mouth. But, again, I, you know, I like the Cardinals' chances. It's a very winnable game. And, you know, but you got to go out there and, you know, play 60 minutes of football, and they haven't done that. And maybe that will happen in October, just kind of knocking off the rust, lack of preseason, lack of offseason workouts, lack of hitting in training camp. It's for every team, though. You know, but I, I think this team, when they step on the field, they're confident uh, in their ability, and they feel like they should be winning these football games. Bird Gang, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. As we continue here on this Football Friday, Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. All right. Two days away now from week three, kicking off for the Cardinals. 125 is the start time. Cardinals and Lions. Cardinals 2 and 0. Lions 0 and 2. My question to you, MJ, how the Cardinals get to 3 and 0 and send the Lions back to their home 0 and 3. Okay. So we started this, uh, going into week one and, and I want to add something because I really think in any football game, you know, there's really three keys, and then there's an X factor. So uh, I want to go three. What I think would be number one is Kyler Murray versus the Detroit linebackers. Now, they have Jamie Collins. They have Davis in there. Um, do they put a spy on him? I mean, according to Cliff, he's going to see some exotic stuff out of Matt Patricia. Now, Kyler obviously struggled for the first three quarters, uh, played well in the fourth quarter. His numbers were remarkable, threw for 308 uh, passing yards, two touchdowns. He did have an interception. Now, he only ran for 13 yards, and he was sacked five times. So I think it's Kyler Murray versus not the front four, but their linebackers. So I, I think if, if Kyler Murray can – I'm not saying he's going to have to run for 100 yards. I'll take 40 or 50, pick up some third downs. Um, you know, move the chain, so to speak. But I do think he's going to run more, and hopefully the Cardinals can cut down on some of those sacks. Well, to that point, three of those sacks were by Devon Kennard, <laughs> and a fourth was Murray running out of bounds. So maybe just one sack of Kyler Murray as we do some revisionist history here on Cardinals Cover 2. But it's a good point. I don't think Murray was looking to run when he first started in the National Football League. And as he said, repeatedly during these first couple of weeks and even brought it up late last season he was more feeling out the league the speed of the game and just what he could get away with I think not only we hear it more comfortable I just think he's more aware yeah. of what opposing defenses are capable of doing here at this level so if, if he takes off and runs that that's it's a good part of what this offense is about at least this point in the season I was thrilled when he told us that he's able to uh, recognize defense pre-snap. And that means you went back and watched a lot of film. Now, from a coaching standpoint, you know, 
usually when they're waiting uh, in between the combine, the draft, or off-season workouts, they do self-scouting. So they'll, they'll look at every single opponent, they'll break it down, and then usually you do four games of cut-ups. We don't have four on paper right now. And a lot of times there's a lot of crossover because teams are playing the same uh, division uh, for the most part, 14 to 16 games, at least in the West. But the, the fact is, because last year I think he was guessing, it, and, and I think he wanted to prove I can be a pocket passer, you know, the old RG3 thing. He's not close to RG3. So when you can recognize it, and Kurt, he, he had a polaroid. He knew exactly where he wanted to go. We know the Cardinals' uh, wide receivers' routes are based on coverage. And I think, you know, obviously Hopkins is new to that, but for the most part, these guys have been here now. So uh, when it comes to Kyler, um, you know, it's just one of those situations where I was – that was – because Patrick Mahomes, now he didn't start his first year. He played in Week 17 that year. He said he didn't start recognizing defense until his third year. Uh, so you're you're ahead of the game, and I was thrilled to hear that. Now there's going to be defenses that are going to disguise and – you know, they're going to put a spy. Uh, but the fact is that he is recognizing, and that comes with the game slowing down, playing faster um, versus thinking and reacting. And, and I think he's willing to make a mistake. Uh, he's not going to force it. But for I think he was trying to play perfect football. And, and that's easy to do when you're the first pick in the draft and expectations are very high. All right, number two. DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald against the Lions secondary. So we got Murray against their linebackers, and then we got Hopkins and Fitzgerald, and I'll put in Isabella and Keyshawn. Um, Devontae Adams went off last week. Um, Jeff Akuda is really their nickel or dime corner. Um, and then, the, you know, they have a, a guy, uh, Coleman, he went on, he remains on IR. So Daryl Roberts, uh, Tony McRae, uh, Desmond Trufant's been absent. So I think the Cardinals, uh, and, and I know that Murray wants to make some of those tight throws, I think the Cardinals can expose that secondary, and it's going to start with Hopkins and Fitzgerald. Well, and if the Lions key on Hopkins just because of what he's shown here for the first two games, if they double him or put a safety over a top, then obviously that's going to leave someone in one-on-one -on -one coverage or a little bit more freer, especially if you come across the middle. And that was what the Cardinals anticipated when you add a true number one wide receiver. And a lot of the times what we've seen is Hop just lined up by himself, split far wide left or right, and then a bunch set to the other side of the field. So you'll know if you're Murray right away, all right, is it single coverage on DeAndre Hopkins in that case? I'm going to look his direction because I feel completely confident and Hopkins beating whomever he's lined up against. And if there's a second player over there or if the safety rolls that direction, then you start looking to the opposite side. And then, of course, it also opens up the rushing attack as well because these defenders are so focused on the number of weapons as far as pass catchers are concerned. You know, again, small sample, but, you know, there's – there's trends in the NFL. I don't understand why why he's open so much. Like I told you, I, I asked somebody, you know, is he going to get 16 targets again? He goes, well, if they don't cover me, well, I mean, I, I guess the theory is, you know, if we can contain Hopkins, in other words, don't give him three touchdowns, you know, force him maybe one, 
and then we shut down or contain Kyler Murray, try to throw him some interceptions. I guess that could advance. Joseph has that theory going into the games. There's only so many guys you can shut down, but you're talking about one of the top three receivers in football. He, he's put up the same down, uh, amount of numbers. Maybe Larry has more um, touchdowns, but when it comes to yards and receptions, their first eight years or seven years or eight years in the league, they're identical. So I'm just surprised that he's that wide open. And, and I think, you know, obviously, what, using the, the, the blade of grass, in, in other words, the entire field, um, this is why this, this spread offense is working. So, yeah, it's, uh, I'm just I'm surprised. I, I don't know if you're – he's going to go against, you know, good corners. Eventually, you know, Tredavious White in Buffalo, he was a really good player. Gilmore in, 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 in New England. So, I, I, I just – it's just funny that – Again, I know you can't shut him down, but limit his targets. Like, make it make him have a long day. Like, I don't know if he gets frustrated, but jam him. I was watching him in a Friday workout and during the open portion. He is skinny, and he doesn't take the big hits. Referring to Hopkins, I just wonder because it's early in the season, and there might be a little bit more of a feeling out process when opposing defenses look at the Cardinals' offense that. Hopkins is getting targeted a lot because they're playing off of him. There hasn't been as many. And I, again, without the benefit of breaking down every single target, that maybe instead of getting right up to the line of scrimmage and pushing them a little bit and making it a little bit more physical, that they're playing off. Because if you look at the number of catches he has in 22, which is a lot, but it's only a 10-yard average. So that leads me to believe, and we've seen it in the numbers, it's a short passing game so far to where it's just a quick screen pass or a quick slant, and then hopefully you let Hopkins do what he does best. But there might be a concern, at least initially, to not let Hopkins get behind defenses, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, whomever it is, that that is what defenses are worried about right now with the Cardinals. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's not like he's got four three speed or four four speed. It's just, you know, based on him getting off press coverage, and you, when you watch him, and, and I know that watching the game on television, they follow the ball, but he's he is getting targeted. Just watch how he gets separation to the outside, and, and I think the defender's saying, "All right, I got I got you in next to me. I'm going to use the outside uh, out of bounds as another defender to kind of pinch him out there. He gets separation." And then if you want to you want to push him outside, he's going to go in and he's going to run a slant pass. And and I thought what was interesting is I always thought it's yards after catch, but it's run after catch. You start you know you use the word rack instead of yak, um, and that's something Vance talked about against the Niners game and also McLaren last week. Yeah, it, like I said, it's 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 interesting, but. I just don't think they have the manpower over there, and plus they don't want to get into a shootout. Are they going to go no huddle just to kind of because the Cardinals got some beefy guys on defense, you know Corey Peters and you know you know throwing Jordan Phillips and some of those D tackles. I mean they they want to wear them down. Now you go back to last year, even though the Cardinals were chilling going into fourth quarter, they were wear down you know Snacks Harrison and you know some other players, and that's what they want to do. They they want to keep you on your heels versus your toes. All right, so we've got Kyler Murray against the Lions linebackers. D-Hop and Fitz against that Cardinals, excuse me, the Lions secondary. Number three key for Mike Jarecki is what? T.J. Hawkinson against the Cardinals secondary. Now, 
I should probably put in there Campbell. Um, Buda Baker, Byron Murphy, you know, if, if Kirkpatrick's playing uh, more snaps and we did, got a see, chance to see that last week, um, their base defensive teams are going to go two tight ends. They'll likely um, obviously have two corners, but you can bring in uh, Murphy if you want. Um, so I, I just think Hawkinson, you know, he had some good film last year. Again, he got hurt in week two. Um, you know, he, he, you start looking at, he had 131 yards in a score last year. So, so far in two games this year, he's got 118 yards and a touchdown. So this, I, the, what I was reading in the Detroit free press is they think this is going to be his breakout game based on what he did last year. We got to throw that out the window. We know that Campbell can cover. We know that Buda Baker can cover. Uh, we know that Murphy can cover. So, uh, TJ Hawkinson against the Cardinals secondary. And the reason why I didn't go Galloway just because he hasn't played, and I don't think he's going to play the entire game. Well, you've got Galladay and Patrick Peterson is lined up against him, and then you've got Campbell covering Hawkinson. That leaves Danny Amendola, who's got over 100 receiving yards as well, and that can be either Kirkpatrick or Murphy, depending on how the Cardinals decide to go. So you have the manpower, you have the ability to match up one-on-one with every single one of the Lions' different weapons that Matthew Stafford can throw to. All right, X Factor. I haven't talked about him uh, today yet, and I think he's the best player on the Lions. Uh, you know, they went out and spent a ton of money on with him. Um, they got him from the New England Patriots. Uh, obviously, Matt Patricia had some intel there before he became the head coach. Trey Flowers. I think Trey Flowers, you know, he could be the guy that's going to disrupt things, and, you know, hopefully the Cardinals, you know, can get protection there. Um but I, I do think Trey Flowers is, is the one guy you got to keep a hat on. And I'm not saying he's going to be the spy. He's, he's tall and lanky. He's got long arms, and we haven't seen the bat at balls down. And then, you know, maybe something else to look for is um, Chandler Jones. I think it's Chandler's time to, you know, have a double-ditch sack game, and he's going to be going against Taylor Decker, their left tackle. He's a high pick. Um, but I like Chandler's uh, chances here. So I think Chandler's going to get – back in the sack column. I know he had one sack in week one, but I can see him having multiple sacks in this game, and that's going to make things difficult for Matthew Stafford. He's only got the one sack talking about Chandler Jones, but he does have quarterback hits, and he had four in that game against Washington. So he's he's right there, as I put my two fingers close together. And sometimes, though, as you like to say, it's not always the sacks, it's the hits, the pressures, the knockdowns, so you know that a quarterback is aware of where 55 is. He's feeling 55, obviously. And there were a number of times in which the Cardinals were just that close from getting Dwayne Haskins on his back. So we'll see if that changes come this Sunday because obviously the goal of the single-season sack record is still out there. It's early in the season. But that's going to take some games in which Chandler Jones, MJ, gets multiple sacks. He can't just go games without a sack because then at that point you know that record attempt goes out the window yeah and and that's why it's important to play with a lead and they've done that um you know in the fourth quarter of the Niners game they had the lead and the Niners came back and the Cardinals were able to uh preserve and then the defense made a stop so yeah I mean there's going to be weeks he's not going to get a sack like last week and there's the weeks he's going to get two or three but that's when you start 
tallying it up, then that's where you start getting to double digits. And then 14 becomes 16 and 16 becomes 18. And so, again, I it's just a prediction, but I, I like that matchup for him. And they could slide him over to the right side because um, they went on and spent a lot of money on this uh, guy from the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't want to try to pronounce his name. It's like he's got 20 letters in his name. Uh, I could spell it. Let's see if I can do it. And this is where uh, Dave Pash is so good at what he does as the voice of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, right tackle, number 72, Halapuli Vati Vaitai. Thank you. The last name, not too bad. No, the first Vitae. name. The yeah. first name, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's injured, so um, they spent a lot of money. So we can see Chandler possibly flipping sides. But I like his matchup against Decker. So, again, we'll see what happens come Sunday. And just an update on the uh, Lions tackle. Completely limited all week in practice and officially listed as questionable for Sunday's contest. Yeah, and like I said, on the, both on the right side, they have backups in there. Now, I was told as a unit, they did okay. But if you want to look at matchups and one-on-one matchups, I would think that Brinson Buckner, uh, Vance Joseph, see something there. But again, if you get anything out of Zach Allen, um, you know, Blackson on the other side possibly, then Chandler can win some one-on-one matchups. But as a whole, they're okay. It's just when you look at some individual matchups. Now, I think Vance made it very clear, and we kind of touched on it earlier in the week, is this is the best quarterback they've faced uh, since we since last year. Just going back, for, so week three is the, the best quarterback they're facing here. And then skill position players, if Galladay still plays, you know Marvin Jones. Uh, you mentioned Danny Amendola, Hawkinson, Carryon Johnson, Adrian Peterson. I'm sure he's going to be motivated to come in here and run hard. We've got to arm tackle him. So looking ahead. So next week, not looking ahead for wins, but next week. Teddy Bridgewater, and then you got Sam Darnold, and then you got the Cowboys game, and the Cardinals will go in there as an underdog, and you got to give Dak Prescott probably the edge yeah, just because he's won a ton of games, even though they haven't gone deep in the postseason. Seattle, uh, I'll give them the edge. Uh, the Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick, obviously streaky, but I would take Murray. Then you got Josh Allen. Then you go back to Russell Wilson, then Cam Newton. So that's going to be their their toughest matchup, just facing quality franchise quarterbacks. You know, Goff's off to a good start. Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, Garoppolo should be back by then, and then Jared Goff. So on paper, they're not facing Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, uh, but they're still quality quarterbacks. No Brady this year, uh, no Drew Brees. So – to me, I don't know if we focus on that as much, and we'll, we focus on it week to week, but I can make the case that 12 of those games, Kyler Murray is the better quarterback going into that game. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. The other quarterback they missed is Aaron Rodgers, who's certainly off to True. a great start as well this season. So, yeah, but you say it. On paper, the better quarterback. Now you got to deliver it on the field. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. 
The other storyline this week on the Cardinals-Lions matchup is the fact that Devon Kennard, just three games into his Cardinals career, will face the team that released him in March and the Detroit Lions. So you know there's going to be some motivation there. Not that there's any ill will or bad blood. It was just a business decision to use Kennard's words. Yet no player MJ likes to be told, hey, you know what? We just can't either afford you or want you. In this case, it certainly sounded like it was more the former than the latter. Yeah. And, and Patricia, you know, Obviously, you knew he was talking to the media, uh, whether it was the Arizona media or the Detroit media, and just thanked him for everything he did there. And it is a business, and that's basically the bottom line. But I'm sure, I'm sure he's saying, you know, well, first of all, he's thrilled to be home. He's, his family's going to be there. His wife's going to be there. His brother's going to be at the game. So it couldn't have worked out better for him. But you know, he probably feels like you know I was one of the better players there. Um, I mean, when you lose like that, you're going to make changes. So it's funny how everything works out for him, and I think he's been a good addition. Um, I didn't know how physical he was. He's physical. He's got grit. Uh, and, and I do think, you know, they want to keep him fresh throughout the year. So don't be surprised if we see Reddick and him rotating versus him be the starter one play. Uh, I know the Cardinals definitely like Reddick as upside. Um, but yeah, it's Kennard's been a good pickup. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. Quoting Kennard about this matchup, quote, you got to move on. Seems like a lifetime ago, end quote. And it does. March seems like three, four, ten years from where we are right now here in September. But he was very productive with the Lions. Seven sacks in each of his two seasons. The Walter Payton nominee for the Lions, and now here he is, and off to a great start, got his first sack last week, and hopefully another sack or two, maybe he can do to Matthew Stafford what he did a year ago to Kyler Murray. You know, I, di- I didn't want to ask him because sometimes it can, it can get, uh, you know, overplayed, but he did go, and he went against Stafford in training camp. Um, you know, practices are a little bit different during the week, during the season, I wonder if he's if Vance Joseph, hey, what do they like to do? What's the, what's their formations? What's their motion like? Um, Daryl Bevel's there now. We know that he likes to run the football, except when he's on the one yard line in the Super Bowl. That <laughs> <laughs> he will never be able to live that down. <laughs> and it, but I think he's learning in that division. You got to score points. You know, the Bears and the Vikings are struggling right now. I'm surprised with the Mike Zimmer defense. And we know the Packers can score at will with Aaron Jones and uh, Adams. So I, I think Daryl Bevel's kind of come out of his shell a little bit where they got to utilize play action. And I think both teams have play action. If you suck those linebackers in, uh, all of a sudden you're going to see the middle of the field wide open. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's I, I just wonder if, if – he was able to tell anything about it um, just because he was there and they, they had the same coordinator. So I was assume the offense is, is similar. You had Galladay there. You had um, Marvin Jones there. You had carry on Johnson. You had Danny Amendola. Now, obviously you had new wrinkles based on your personnel. Um, but I also think it comes down to protection. And so we'll see if Stafford's get really, because Matthew Stafford has a really good um, arm. He can sling it. He can make all the throws. And I just wonder if he's going to be on his um, roller skates this week where he wants to get rid of the football quickly. 
It can be something that when a player leaves a team and then faces that team, you look for tendencies. You might not know the terminology, the X's and O's, but hey, you know, in this situation, Stafford tends to stand in the pocket, roll to his more or hold the ball longer when this happens. And that's where you can help out. Maybe not so much the coaching staff, but certainly your teammates on that side of the ball, like a Patrick Peterson or a Byron Murphy. Well, they went out and claimed uh, Ch- Charles Knopf last year, and then week two they cut him. <laughs> so you know what they say about paybacks. Yeah. By the way, this matchup, a player on the Cardinals facing his former team, the first of five different instances that this is happening, at least for the first time, obviously Sunday, and then Kenyon Drake playing against the Dolphins, Jordan Phillips against the Bills, Chandler Jones against the Patriots. His first game in a Cardinals uniform was against the Patriots, but this is his first time going back to Foxborough. And then Jordan Hicks against the Eagles. So it's a, it's a storyline. Maybe it means more for us, for fans to talk about it. But certainly there's got to be a little bit of emotion, even without fans in the stand, to see that team, that, that color that you wore once upon a time, and now you're on the opposite side. Sometimes the parting is mutual. Sometimes it's not. So we'll see how motivated, the extra motivation, if you will, for Devon Kennard come this weekend. Well, I mean, if you want to break it down and bottom line it, uh, the Eagles moved on from Jordan Hicks. The Miami Dolphins moved on. And the Buff- well, Miami moved on from Jordan Phillips. He was a free agent. Um, yeah, Kennard, he, he was cut. So, listen, I know uh, B-Train talks about people being petty. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, I've been let go a couple places. I'm not rooting against them, but it's personal, right? Yeah, no, it's it's well said. It's, it, it's always in the back of your mind, put it that way. Yeah, I mean, my life is great. I mean, these opportunities that I've had in – you know, sometimes one door closes, another one opens. Sometimes there's a, you know, a dark cloud and, you know, and all of a sudden you, you see the sun coming out. So, but yeah, I mean, I would go in there with an edge like, hey, thanks for drafting me, but I'm I'm extending my career. 125 is the kickoff on Sunday. That means a pregame of 8.30 a.m. on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Spend your Sunday, September 27th with us here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Now, Craig, normally uh, when, when, when it's open for fans, you usually get a uh, nice little magazine uh, when you walk into the stadium. And today it's, uh, it's virtual. And I noticed that uh, you got a couple stories in there. I yes, like your the, Patrick Peterson and Kevin Galladay matchup. I know that you have to do that prior. Um, the good news, he's playing. I know there was last year maybe you know an opportunity where you don't you can't forecast, and then you you write about just the matchup itself. So I'm going to tweet it out so help people read it. Um, I know you like doing that, and it allows you to kind of figure out the matchups and looking ahead at different opponents. So good job on that. I enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Appreciate the plug as well. The kickoff magazine. Yeah, it's all uh, all virtual. It's all digital right now because, uh, one, no fans in the stands, but just uh, the fact that this is the touchless, if you will. Everything on your own phone, your own computer, your own desktop. 
to avoid uh, spreading or, or getting in the way of COVID-19. And it's got great graphics. Um, you got you got depth charts. You got too deep. Um, you got each each team's roster. So it's really one-stop shopping for any game this year. Um, but I would definitely recommend it, considering um, you don't have that opportunity to get that magazine as you walk into the stadium. Appreciate it, MJ. We look forward to Sunday. Again, 125 is the kickoff. Can the Cardinals go to 3-0 and for the first time since 2015? Now, I think we've worked long enough where, and this happened a few times under Wilkes and, and happened last year, you've got to avoid losing streaks in the NFL. When you go on a three-game losing streak, usually you've lost one game, it could be two, then you lost a road game, and then people start to, uh, not jump ship, but they start to, um, you know, critique things where if everyone's doing their job. When an NFL team goes on a three-game winning streak, that means they're a good football team. That means they can overcome miscues, they can overcome penalties, and I, I like that. I like where the Cardinals are. Now, they got to clean some things up. They haven't played a perfect game, and I don't know if, what they call a perfect game unless the quarterback is, you know, 20, 22 for 22, but um, if you can win three games in the NFL because they had to go on the road and they benefited from two home games and back to back, they got to go on the road for some road games here. I think that tells you that uh, looking ahead, this could be a good football team when it's all said and done. Let's hope we're talking about that on Monday. And on that note, let's put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.